My name is Rob Nichols. I'm the college pastor here. I'm 46 years old. I have four children and a turtle named Ned. And uh, Ned's not really big right now, but we're hoping that he's going to get bigger. So, um, so it's nice to meet all of you. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and um, I want you to turn in your Bible. If you, there's some uh, on the back wall, but if you have a phone and can get to a Bible, I want you to turn to 1 John. Let me pray for us. Um, Lord, we are, um, we are in great need uh, without you, Father. And Lord, I pray uh, tonight that, um, that you would give us knowledge of yourself. Lord, that you would um, show us um, how you are our life. That you're life for everyone in this entire world. Lord, I pray that we would know that in a different way, maybe when we leave tonight. Lord, that, we would, that you would be our actual hope. Father, that we would gladly follow you wherever you would lead us. And Lord, that you would despite our sin, Father, that we would see you as somebody we want to run to, whatever is going on in our lives. Lord, I ask that you would uh, teach us um, in this short time that we have together, and Lord, help us uh, live for you wherever we are. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So my senior um, year in college, uh, it was senior night of the ministry that I was involved in, and um, I uh, was the last to speak um, this evening. I didn't have any notes. I do this evening. Don't worry. Um, and I simply read uh, the verse, First uh, John 2, 6. I made some comments on it, but basically I just wanted to share that and just kind of share my heart of where God had, um, what God had been teaching me lately. And it's this verse. It says, the one who says he remains in him, Jesus, should walk as he walked. Now, I had been spending a lot of time in 1 John um, and had come across verse 13 in chapter 5. We're going to kind of jump around 1 John a little bit. Um, and 1 John 5, 13 says this, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Um, at that, earlier in that uh, semester, I had been really struggling with disobedience in certain areas of my life. I was struggling with wanting to be accountable in those areas. And so I was struggling to know how God felt about it, right? We've all been there. Like, I'm not, I'm not living the way I want to live. And I was, really, I was really struggling. I didn't want to be called out on. I didn't want to say, uh, tell God what I was doing, even though he knew I was. I wasn't happy with what I was doing. Um, but there I was. And so I was, I, I was really, um, yeah, not having a good time. Um, but uh, as I had been studying First John, I came across that, uh, that 513. And basically what it's saying is First John was written so that people that are struggling, right, people that are doubting, how do I know, right, that, that, I'm, that my relationship with God is as it should be? And so I was like, man, that, I, I want to know that. And so I went to the beginning and started just slowly just spending time and unpacking uh, what John was trying to teach me. Um, and I came across, uh, and as I was making my way through 1 John, um, he was setting me straight over and over again about things that I thought, uh, things that I misunderstood, and over and over again, as I worked through, if you ever read 1 John, it's kind of a get-right book, right? It's, it's over and over again, explaining in really plain language um, what it looks like to walk with Jesus. 
And as I turned that, uh, that I came to 1 John 2, 6. And, um, and I, I wanted desperately, right, that that, that just kind of hit me with, uh, like a ton of bricks. Um, that I wasn't sure I had eternal life, but I wanted to examine what, what John had to say, right? That, that he had this answer. And so when it came to 1 John 2, 6, it's the summation really of the teaching of the entire letter. Um, that it's telling me, right, that if I, that, that if I claim to be in him, that, I, that if I claim uh, Jesus as my Savior, my Lord, whatever language that I use, that it says that if I'm to make that claim, then to be able to make that claim, that I need to be walking as he walked. And I wasn't walking as he walked. And that was, I couldn't get around it. <laughs> there's no, there's no kind of, there's nothing to duck under there. It's just, this is it. And so tonight, with your permission, I want to unpack uh, some of that for you so that you can know where you stand. Uh, because I think that's the healthiest thing we can be, is in the reality of where I am uh, before God. I want to know where you stand, and I want you to know uh, what life is, and I want you to experience that life. If you're experiencing that life, I want you to keep doing it, encouraging. If you're not, I want you to be able to know how to do that. And when I get done, you'll have an opportunity to process out loud with yourself and a few people around you and give you an opportunity for questions. Because I want this to be a place, right, whenever we gather, for it's not a place just to receive, but it's a place to give. It's a place to, um, to ask questions if we have them. Because the questions that you have, right, are going to be questions that somebody else has. That this is, where else can we do that but in a place like this? So we're going to look at six verses leading up to and including 1 John 2, 6. Uh, that were really helpful to me. And all the truths were, um, were written by John, and all but one of them is in his letter called 1 John. Now, John was one of the 12. So the best case scenario before the book of Acts, at the end of Jesus' ministry, um, there were maybe a couple hundred disciples. These were men and women that, that walked with him and lived with him and heard what he said Right, and understood what it looked like to um, be obedient to him. But John was one of the twelve. The twelve were the people that spent the most time with Jesus, that were the most impacted by his ministry. But then there were also three that were actually spent more time than just the twelve. That these three men spent the most time with Jesus as he walked on the earth outside of his family when he was growing up. And John was one of these people. And this person, and why that's important is because the person that spent the most time with Jesus is the person that was trying to speak to me and tell me, right, what it looked like, really what it looked like to be in relationship with God. And so John equates Jesus and life, that those are two things that he says are equal. Jesus equals life over and over and over again. And he does this because Jesus equated himself with life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so here's my theory, and here's what I want if you're going to write something down first or dwell on something, is that in relationship with Jesus, John experienced eternal life through relationship with Jesus. I want to say that again. John experienced eternal life through relationship with Jesus. And this is what he will say in his letter. 
And so these six verses, I want to spend uh, just a little bit of time with you of walking through kind of point by point of saying, this is how we, how we understand, right, what life is like with him. So the first verse, I'd like you to turn to 1 John 5.20. And 1 John 5.20 says this, We know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know the true one. We are in the true one, that is, in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. The takeaway that I want you to have from this verse is that the Son has eternal life. He calls him that he equates those two things. We're going to um, make sure that you understand what this is meaning. So if the Son has eternal life, right, then that is a truth, right, that I can do something with. It's not esoteric. It's not far from me. That It's not this thing like, do I have it? Did I get it? Was it given to me? But that he has it. And so that's the first thing I want us to understand. The Son has eternal life. See, the things that I can possess can be good. Relationships that I have can be good. But they are not a substitute right, for the life that God is talking about or the life that he offers. Jesus' manner of life and him being the source of life right, does not stop. His manner of life and him being the source of life does not stop. It is a life that continues. And as we say that the son has eternal life, what God, uh, what God offers through Jesus is an exchange then. And so if you've ever heard the scripture in Matthew 16, 24 and 25, when Jesus is teaching his disciples, he's trying to teach them about this exchange. These are people that are following him, learning from him. It's not just the 12. It's all that follow. And he says this, and you may have heard this before. If anyone wants to follow me, it's a conditional. You don't have to, but if you want to, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's the conditional. If you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And here's the, here is the exchange. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever wants to lose his life for my sake will find it. So what he's saying is I must stop the manner of life that I'm currently living and start a new one. I must exchange my current sources of life for the source. Think about all the things, if I were to say to describe your life, I, wanted to, I want you to think about all the things that you would use to describe your life. The things that basically what you're going to describe I'm anticipating is the things that take up time in your day, right? As I live, these are the things I do. Yes? But Jesus is, is trying, to, trying to push into how we think about life and saying that because he is the author of it, because he is the perfecter of it, because he is the source of it, right, that eternal life is in him, that what, how we think about life is not how he wants us to. And I think many of us would like to exchange our lives for the one he's talking about, but we're not sure exactly what that looks like. And so let's move on to the next point. Look at 1 John 5.12, and it says this, The one who has the Son has life. 
So the Son has eternal life, so it's going one step further. The one who has the Son has life, and the one who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And so the truth here that we want to push into is, if I have the Son, I have life. And so the question you want to ask yourself is, do you have the Son? Do I have an, a relationship with him? Anybody had that awkward conversation or needed to have the awkward conversation? You're in relationship with somebody, but you're not really sure what's going on. Yes? <laughs> you're like, yeah, that's happening right now. Right, where we desperately need to define that relationship, but we don't want to for whatever reason. We're scared to to put a stamp on it, to call it what it is, or to end it. I think this is probably how a lot of us would describe our relationship with Jesus from time to time. We're not quite sure what's going on. <laughs> I think we're okay. Don't ask them. <laughs> so I ask you, do I have the Son? Am I in relationship with Him? If I ask Him if I'm in relationship if he's in relationship with me, what would he say? We need to be able to say with confidence, I'm in relationship with the Father. Number three. Uh, this is in uh, John the Gospels, John 17, 3. And it says this, this is eternal life, defining it for us. That they, speaking of us, may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. So this third idea, knowing Jesus is eternal life. So what it's saying is relationship, actual relationship with Jesus, not knowing about him, not kind of, sort of, maybe asking him out, just not him, him just being over there, but me and being in, in a relationship with him that's defined and that both of us know about it, and others do as well, that this is what Jesus himself says is eternal life. Being in relationship with me. So this is something that Jesus says. You will experience eternal life through relationship with me. Life that fulfills God's design and that does not stop. Have you ever thought about, we've said, maybe if you've been in church before and you've heard the word eternal life before and we just kind of, oh, that's heaven. No. What he's saying is that a life can be lived that does not stop. They can be lived in a particular way and that life can continue. That I can learn to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord and I can continue doing it forever. It's an eternal type of life. That is what Jesus offers. That's pretty incredible. Many people think that we are separate from God because we are disobedient. Right? That I do things, I don't mean to do them, and he's just mad with me. And I think that this is not what the Bible teaches. And it lines up better with what, we, what John is trying to teach us here about Jesus and eternal life. Many people think that we're separate from God because we're disobedient, or we might use the word sinful. But the truth is 
that you aren't able to do what God created you to do because you're out of relationship with the author of life. So another way to put this is, I'm not separate from God because I sin. I sin because I'm separate from God. That there's certain things I do in human relationship. I'm married. My wife is amazing. There's certain things that would happen if I'm not in relationship with her. But there's certain things that automatically happen when I'm in relationship with her. And those things are good. And so John is trying to teach us that it's not about knowing Jesus or going to something affiliated with the church or having a Bible or looking at it sometimes. Right? We wouldn't call that, if those were things we did with another individual, we wouldn't call that a relationship, would we? No. And so I want to encourage you, that it's not something to talk about, but God wants us to be in actual relationship that you're used to being in with somebody else, but with him. Number four. 1 John 5.13 says this, and I read it before. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is one of my favorite truths, right? That I can know that I have eternal life. Like just like through my wife that I can know that I'm in a relationship with her, I can know that I'm loved, I can know that I'm cared for, I can know that there's somebody that's always there for me. I know that I have a teammate, right? I know that someone has my back. Those are all benefits of relationship with my wife. I think all of us here, all of us, even if we don't know Jesus, that we want to know that we can have that, don't we? I don't want to be guessing. Anybody uh, enjoyed a relationship that you didn't know, like it wasn't going well? <laughs> or there wasn't a way like, to know if it was going well? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that fun? Or we're in a class and we're not quite sure... I could have a D, could have a B minus. I don't know. This is awesome. Right? Nobody has ever said that. How many of you that are out of school still have dreams about going to class or like not wanting to go to class because if you go to class, you'll find out that you're doing poorly. So I just won't go. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on with that dude. I'm just not going to call him. It'll just work itself out. I can know that I have life. John says that you don't have to be unsure all the time. I can know that I'm in, relation, in the relationship with Jesus that I want to be. Number five. 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That second part is saying, if I walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we walk in the light together. And that I have forgiveness because that's what happens when I'm in a relationship with the Father. When I'm in a relationship with my wife, right, I, I'm forgiven when I go and, and ask forgiveness because we're not estranged. <laughs> she knows me. She wants to forgive me. Isn't that crazy? Yet if I'm estranged from her, right, I'm not walking in the same way is her, right? I don't have fellowship. I don't have that assurance. I don't have that forgiveness. If I'm in fellowship with Jesus, then I have life. 
Obedience in relationship equals fellowship. You all know this to be true in every relationship you've ever had. Amen? So say you come into a classroom and you're happy and you're prepared and you're engaged and you're studious. You're in fellowship with your professor. He's super excited about you being there. Right? That we're walking, we're on the same page, we're doing the same thing, we're enjoying that relationship. If I listen to my wife, if I care for her, if I know what she desires, if I'm helpful to her and affirmed by her, then I'm in fellowship with my wife. Crazy how that works. And yet for so long, I don't know, you're probably not like me, but for so long that I didn't know what my relationship was with Jesus because I wasn't trying to find that out. John was trying to teach me, like, Rob, oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. He just kind of ruffled my hair, you know, knocked me kind of really condescendingly, you know, on the chin. Man, I really want you to understand this. You're just not getting it. And so it was by His grace, as I was finally wanting to receive instruction, right, that He started helping me, right, understand this so that I wasn't in the condition that I was in before. And we come to our last verse, 1 John 2, 6. The one who says that he remains in him, that is in him, that lives in him, that dwells with him, that's in relationship with him, whatever word you want to call it, he's saying if, right, that the one who is in me should walk as I walk should live as I live, should be as I am, should know what, he, what I want from him. I'm a simple guy, and I need simple, straightforward truth. I finally had it. That was as simple as he could possibly be for me. I hope that is making something clear for you. I can know I have fellowship with Jesus by the fact that I do and am trying to do what He does. There isn't, there, there isn't much excuse in me not understanding that. I love that. This is another way of saying what He says earlier in the chapter. 1 John 5-6 through 6, and we're, we're finishing up here. He says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. This is the message that I heard from him and I declare to you. That God is light. And there is absolutely no darkness in him. I want you to think about things that you do that you would want a light shined on. And I want you to think about things that we do that we want the lights off. That we don't want anybody to know about. God says that there's a life that you can live that you don't have to cut the lights out on. That's pretty incredible. I never heard that before. I thought that this was my lot in life, that I just have times when I'm okay with if people know what I'm doing, and there's just times when I'm not okay with what people are doing. But he says that there is a life that can be lived with him that you don't have to cut the lights out on that you can be proud of. This is, there should be a slide for this. You want to take a picture. I want you to think 
about this because this is kind of the thesis statement of what you want, what you want to what I want you to understand. That living in the manner of Jesus is doable, expected, and how we can know that we are safe with Him and we're being made sound with Him in our relationship. Those are three things that I didn't know, and I wouldn't have in the best time not knowing those things. But man, when I understood that how Jesus calls me to live is doable, that He expects me to live, but not by myself that way, and that living that way is how I know I can be safe in relationship with Him and that He is making me sound, that He is making me someone who walks in the light with Him and who wants to walk in the light. John was a person who saw this life, he experienced this life, and he learned to live this life with and through the Son. He is not somebody that is telling you stuff that somebody told him. He lived it, right? This is first-person experience that Jesus is the life. And I'm here to tell you that since I understood that truth, right, and I began a different journey than the one I was on before, as anyone who has spent an hour with me will tell you, I am the farthest person from perfect. But I do walk with the perfect and gracious, merciful and good God. And I want you to walk with them too. So I want you to do something for me. So we're going to end uh, in each of the times that we spend together that I want, um, I hope you heard me and I hope that the Lord was speaking uh, through what I was saying. Um, but I think it's an incomplete process if we don't, right, take a minute to uh, kind of digest a little bit of what he's talking about. So here is... Um, a real simple activity that I want you to do. It's real simple. Just trust me. And so I want you to take a minute. And I wish we had some music so it won't be kind of just super quiet like a library and people are studying. But I want you to take a minute and I want you, if you've got a notebook, if you've got uh, notes on your phone, if you want to write on somebody's t-shirt right beside you, but I want you to write down just what's, in your, what's on your heart right now from what the Lord was speaking through what I was saying. Just um, don't think it, don't overthink it. Just here is what you're saying to me, right? In a sentence or two, here is what you're saying to me. So I just want you to take a minute to do that. Just process what the Lord is speaking to you right now, okay? That's not for anybody else. You're not turning it in. Write a reaction. Here's, here's where my head is. Here's where my heart is. All right, so as you're finishing up that thought, what I'd like you to do um, is just turn, find two or three people around you, and just share uh, just what you wrote down. So here's why this is so important. Um, we are, uh, I, I won't speak for you, I'll speak for me. Um, I can get in bad habits sometimes of having a private faith. And nobody can learn. <laughs> uh, everyone in here as you work that you think you're the worst and everyone around you is the best. That's just our default. I'm, I'm the worst sinner, you're perfect. And what we need to do as a community or any community that you're in is that we need to learn to tell people that this is where I'm actually at. This is what I'm dealing with. This is where I'm winning. This is where I'm losing. It's called being vulnerable. Okay? And so it's so important that as you speak and you hear from others that we understand that, oh, what I'm dealing with 
right, is common. And so, and so this is important. So if you would, uh, so I'm gonna give you a good bit of time, uh, turn, just find uh, at least three people, maybe four, and just share with them what you say. I'll tell you a time to kind of wrap that up, and then I'll ask that one person from that group pray uh, for the other people in the group, okay? So take a few minutes to do that. All right, um, I'm gonna uh, pray for us, and then um, as I do that, if the uh, band would come back down, and um, we're gonna do one more song. Let me pray for us. Um, Father, my prayer um, is that uh, the conversations that were um, started tonight, and uh, as people were just uh, maybe really comfortable kind of being open, um, and for those that were not, Father, I pray that um, that these would be the start um, of uh, many conversations as we um, learn uh, to be uh, with each other, to be in fellowship, um, and to want that, uh, to want to come and to talk and to share about what you're doing, what we're learning, where we're struggling, uh, Father, and where you're giving us victory. As so, a Father, as we um, lift our hearts to you, Lord, I pray that these uh, words uh, would be song. Uh, would be something that we mean, uh, Father, and that it would be sweet as we thank you uh, for your goodness. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.